All right. Welcome, 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 everyone. Hello. We are live with Out of This World with one of my favorite people on the planet, Alan Steinfeld, the founder of New Realities Television and my co-host on really looking at things that take us out of this world with a kind of fresh and exciting and new perspective. So I'm your host, John of Angels, and I'm an intuitive guide. I work with people to help you remember why you're here and who you are. And I'm also the director of production for Portal to Ascension, who is sponsoring one of the sponsors of our upcoming conference. So anyway, Alan, what is going on with you? How are you? Well, I am really happy, Joan. We're continuing our series out of this world with really, I feel, some of the best creative, inspiring minds in our field. Well, in the consciousness movement, and we really have a fantastic guest today. But before we go there, let's introduce... One of the reasons we're doing this show with Billy Carson today is because of our other hostess, Suzanne Ross. So why don't we pull Suzanne in? She is hosting and producing the Ascension Retreat in Sedona. And you have an incredible lineup of guests, including the special guest tonight. So tell us, Suzanne. Hello, thank you so much for having me on. I love this. And I so appreciate the opportunity to bring in the special guest speakers for our Sedona Ascension Retreat. And we do have a remarkable lineup of incredibly wise, experienced, best-selling authors, world-renowned global thought leaders. And so we're very excited about that and excited to have the opportunity to create some video content featuring them prior to the retreat so people really can get to know them and know what, you know, what they have in store for us at our retreat. Well, just to totally tell people, the retreat is uh, March yeah. 17th to the 19th. March 17th through the 19th. You can go to SedonaAscensionRetreats.com to find out all of the information. It's being held at the big Sedona Performing Arts Center that seats 750 people. So we're confident we're going to sell that out. We've got lots of... Uh, vendors, food vendors, UFO Skywatch, workshops, and spiritual journeys into sacred vortex sites, as well as all these amazing presentations. And then also a George Norrie live show on Saturday night. Wow. And Billy Carson will be part of that show, our special guest to speaker today. So uh, we're very excited about having George Norrie do a big show at our event. So tell people a little bit about Billy. I'm sure everyone's heard of him, but tell people like how much he's done the last few years and what he's up to, and then let's bring him in. You got it. Why yes. do you care? Billy Carson is a two-time best-selling author. His book, Compendium of the Emerald Tablets, is so fascinating. He gave me a copy of his book a few years ago at Contact in the Desert when I interviewed him live there. And I just dove right into it because I had already been reading up on the Emerald Tablets. And it's just a fascinating work. And he translates it for our modern minds. Also, he has been on Gaia TV on deep space and ancient civilizations. I watched a Gaia TV show that had been filming a presentation he gave at the Conscious Life Expo called Merkaba Light Vessel. And I look forward to exploring more of that with him during our talk today. Billy is the founder of Forbidden Knowledge and now Forbidden Knowledge TV. He is also the CEO of First Class Space Agency, his own space agency that does research and development around propulsion systems and uh, zero-point energy devices. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a busy man accomplishing a lot yeah. he's also been to sacred sites around the world so we have so much to talk about with billy so let's bring him in i love billy yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful to see you billy and acknowledge all the things you've done on this planet for humanity and all of us and, and you know billy you have come up through the ranks really fast you know yeah. you started out and suddenly you were a sensation talking about ancient knowledge. Mm -hmm. And why don't you talk about some of the things you're doing, like how ancient knowledge combines with the investigations into free energy and all the things you're trying to investigate now. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I appreciate. It. Thank you for the great, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, announcement of my name and, and all the things that I've done. Um, introduction. And so, basically, when I started looking into technology, this is back in the 1970s. I really started researching technology first before ancient civilizations. So, 1977, mm -hmm. I started researching different aerospace technologies because I had saw what looked like to be a UFO in my backyard. I didn't know what it was. UFO wasn't even in my vocabulary, but I just knew what I saw didn't look like an airplane. So I started getting the Encyclopedia Britannica, looking into Delta wings, swept wing, ballistics, intercontinental, all these different types of, uh, you know, different tech that the military had access to and different types of experimental planes, trying to find what I saw. So that led me down the rabbit hole into... Uh, aerospace technologies, which eventually I was able to make the connection between advanced technology and ancient texts as I started looking into megalithic structures and researching what it, what it would possibly take to create something like that. I started seeing a connection there. And the deeper I got into it, the more I got into ancient civilizations and ancient knowledge, which led me on a whole other rabbit hole to ancient wisdom. I went on this global journey I've been around the world now four times. I've been to all different types of ancient civilizations and spoken with indigenous people and done walkabouts in the outback with aboriginals and I mean, you name it. And just to get their own version of the story. And then, of course, all the different texts that I've accessed over the years, you know, well over a thousand texts, which include books, scriptures, cylinder scrolls, papyruses, um, uh, you know, different types of ancient tablets that exist, Sumerian tablets, Canadian, uh, uh, Akkadian, Babylonian, and so forth. And I started realizing that a lot of the stuff they were talking about was dealing with different types of advanced technologies that we don't have access to today right now. But they, we have them, but they're, in, they're locked up in a lot of black budget projects. And there are private co companies like my tech company that are researching them but it is forbidden to release that information uh, to the world. And, you know, if you, if you go for patents, everything becomes very, very tricky because eminent domain takes over and then your, your information is kind of sequestered and they're going to suppress you from releasing it. So what we decided to do is something a little different, whereas we're going to make everything open, open, uh, open source which then nothing can stop us from releasing information to the world. So that's what we're working on. But I saw things like, Zero point energy, uh, you know, as far back as the ancient Sumerians. We saw things like cymatic frequencies used for healing and also a form of propulsion. So, you know, we started researching that stuff and we realized that a lot of the private corporations that were involved in tech were also looking into these ancient tablets, even going back as far as Hitler. He looked into these ancient tablets. He sent people all around the world to find all the ancient texts because he wanted to know what kind of technology he can utilize from those texts to build, you know, mass destructive weapons. Uh, and so I'm doing the same exact thing, but trying to find a way to, to use the information to free the burden of man from power source problems, water, clean water problems. And of course, if we can find better ways for propulsion, anti-gravity, uh, mm -hmm. you know, things like that, it will help free the burden of mankind and also make space access, uh, accessible to everyone. Great. Wow. I read that you recently got a certificate of science from MIT. Yeah. So you're really exploring more research into the scientific background behind all of this technologies as well as the ancient technologies. So I, I think it's really interesting, Billy, that you have a background both in metaphysics. You know, you're one of the, the leading um, thought leaders in metaphysics. And you're also in, in traditional science. You understand the physics. You how do, Have you always, so from childhood, what was your childhood like? Yeah. I'm really curious. <laughs> it was yeah. pretty interesting. So I've been very blessed and fortunate that I was able to do a lot of things at an early age. I was able to walk at the age of uh, 10 months. Wow. I was a 10-pound, 10 10-month 10 baby, believe it or not. 10, 10 pounds, born in 1971, 10 pounds, 10 months. And um, by the time I was one, I was already reading books. By the time I was two, I was reading not Sea Cat Run and fairy tales. I was reading real books. And my father recognized this talent that I had uh, or ability that I had to you know, retain a lot of information. And he started making me do book reports every week. 
but he would give me real books for book reports and of course a lot of religious texts as well i probably read the bible well over 100 times and probably done a book report on every single uh chapter you know wow. so over the years and then um and have me he would have me reciting quotes and statements and things i got from a very very early age which helped increase my natural ability for retention of information uh so you know when i started researching the aerospace technologies I, I went to the library at my school, Rainbow Park Elementary in Opelika, Florida, and I got all the Encyclopedia Britannicas on aerospace. A wow. week later, this is how the law of attraction works, the Encyclopedia salesman shows up at my house knocking on the door <laughs> and gives my mom an entire set of encyclopedias and says, just pay 30 bucks a month. She, mm -hmm. he, she paid twice. He never came back. He never mm -hmm. came back. I had these all these encyclopedias. And on everything you could think of. I even have some of them here still in my house, all the different sciences and, you know, ecology and economies and biology and financial literacy. I mean, you name it. So those books became my homeschooling, so to speak. And I would read them, research them, do reports on them. Uh, and so it just led me down this whole other rabbit hole of knowledge through basic mainstream information, you know, mainstream, mainstream um, education uh, that I taught all myself just by reading, researching, studying, going over and over again, and then having my parents get me other supporting books to the information. Like if I was reading encyclopedia on different types of uh, biology or, or, or scientific systems dealing with the body, the neuroscience or whatever, I would then have them get me a biology book and or give me money to get one from the school. And I would then study biology from separate books. So it just led me down this whole thing of, I don't know, to date, probably well, of, well over a thousand books just in the last 15 years. Uh, mm. But it was just a great, it's just a beautiful blessing that I had this ability for the retention of the information and also the comprehension, mm. which was another big part. So I can comprehend and I can see a little bit beyond into the text and I was, I'm able to extrapolate on it. I can regurgitate it like a parrot, but I can extrapolate. I really understand the context of a lot of the material. And so that allowed me to be able to, you know, be the person I am today. And the fact that even like when I went to Khan University to study the quantum physics, uh, retaining that, but understanding it and, and then seeing the link between the metaphysics and, you know, the, the quantum mechanics and the quantum physics and being able to then describe them. You know, it's just been, a, it's been an amazing journey. And I'm just glad that early on my father did see that in me and he really worked the hell out of me <laughs> in, those, in those books and scriptures and everything else and made me recite a lot of stuff. But it, sounds know, like, it worked. Well, it sounds yeah. like you were born to the right family, you know, like, you know, you choose the family and the education and that set your life path. So how close are we to free energy or um, quantum field zero point in your opinion? Are we there? Anti-gravity? What, what's it like? I mean, well, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> I went to a, <laughs> a, a space symposium meeting for private space tech companies. Uh, this is right before the global sickness that happened. You know what that is. And so um, in there, in the private space, I had TS clearance, top secret clearance for private space. There were about 300 years ahead of the general population. It used to be 50, but now it's about 300 years ahead. Mm -hmm. Now, to put this in context for you, in 100 years, we've gone from a horse buggy and carriage to putting remote control cars on other planets. And now we even have Voyager, which has already left the solar system, it's an inter, uh, you know, intergalactic space. So we're talking about zero point. It exists already. Now, mm -hmm. there is a machine running right now at Google University. And this Bloom, it's called a Bloombox. This Bloombox server is called, actually runs on uh, ambient electromagnetic waves, oxygen, and sand. And it generates all the power for Google University. Okay, they don't plug into the you know the power grid. They're they're totally separate. And this is just one of the devices that already exists. There's a quite there's probably five or six really really good ones that exist. Uh, now, when I looked into the one at Google, I tried to get one because I have a shelter that I built. It's an underground base which is on History Channel. Anyone can look it up. And uh, the show is called. Um, uh, Countdown to Apocalypse, 2012. Look that up. Uh, they did a show because I have a shelter that's underground that's the size of three Walmarts. 
It's powered by a turbine diesel engine generator, and I wanted to convert to the Bloom server that Google has. And I was told by the director there when I finally got a contact back that the U.S. military had already uh, basically imminent domain that they can't give it out to any more corporations. So this is what happens to tech. So to, to answer your question, zero point already exists. As far as anti-gravity, that already exists as well. Now you have the TR3Bs, Aurora Project, which are a lot of these UAPs or UFOs really that you see flying around aren't aliens. Some are, but not all of them. A lot of the more recent ones that are triangular shaped with a circum, uh, circular uh, disc rotating at the bottom with the three lights in each, a light in each corner for a total of three lights, those are TR3Bs. Those actually run on a mercury vortex, electrified mercury vortex inside of a torus. Uh, and so that already has anti-gravity properties. So those are operating on anti-gravity right now. So these technologies really do exist. It's up to us as um, civilians and private corporations to begin to develop our own version of them and then release them open source so that everyone can have access to it. Wow. Great work. Well, we're close to getting that technology to everyone, you think? We're close. I think within the next 10 to 15 years, you're going to see some really crazy stuff happening and, um, and people releasing open source tech. And that's going to just blow people away. And you'll see people converting into hydrogen powered engines in other words, cars that run on gas, uh, on water, which has happened a long time ago, and it got really, like, it met hardcore against the uh, the oil, the, you know, the the oil men. They they really came to battle with that, and a few people didn't make it out alive. There's one particular gentleman who who did that. I, I remember watching him with that water powered car back in the 1980s, and uh, he met with the Pentagon at a, a crock. I forget the name of the, the restaurant, but they poisoned him right there. He died in the parking lot. Wow. But now those days are over. Everybody's moving into electric. So I think it got, they got it licked. But electric cars are a trap the way okay. that they're creating the electric cars. So you're going to see people coming up with tech and releasing tech on how to create your own hydrogen powered car, uh, cars that run on water, convert, car conversion kits. Um, different types of anti-gravity devices will, be, will come out and become mainstream. Like uh, hospital beds will levitate. They won't have to have wheels. There'll be so many other applications coming out, but the next 10 to 15 years, you'll see a lot of stuff leaking out to the general population for use in everyday life. Great. Wow. wow. Very fascinating. So you've managed to really combine the two. How, how do we use some of these tools then in our metaphysical or ascension kind of life? Like, how does that make a difference for us? Well, just understanding what is how this tech works. It's tapping into the spiritual realm. A lot of it, you know, it's science, but science, the quantum physics and the quantum mechanics only explains the spirituality. Just like mathematics can explain, you know, an outcome of something. So uh, in mathematics, we know that everything is fundamentally can be explained by mathematics in the entire universe. That's the language of God itself. And so the quantum mechanics and quantum physics, just like mathematics, which obviously is a version of math. But it explains the spirituality because when you get subatomic, the standard physics changes completely. And so what I try to do with people, I try to explain to them that uh, when they're trying to do things like maybe manifest, right? You want to manifest their own reality. I try to break down what is happening on the quantum level that's allowing this, this, this law of attraction to actually work. What's happening? How, how is this manifestation actually occurring? What's happening beyond the veil? Because it's not magic. There's nobody with a magic wand. You're not conjuring spirits. How come this works? It works because on a subatomic level, you're interacting with the subatomic realm and you're creating these other, other interactions that are creating this reality that occurs in our third dimension. So a lot of these technologies are actually linked to our mind. Our, our consciousness is so powerful. First of all, consciousness is not created in the brain. Okay, the brain is downloading a stream of consciousness and there's only one, but it's sending out multiple frequencies. So I'm 99.1, you're 99.2, Alan's 99.3, so forth and so on. And our avatar bodies are key coded to pick up a specific dot point of the frequency. So we animate this avatar appearing to be individual, but individuality is an illusion. Now, the consciousness itself it literally emanates and penetrates everything that exists, including technology. 
Because why? Every single atom that exists in the entire universe is conscious. And we know this because of the double slit experiment. It proved that electrons make decisions. So if electrons are conscious, every atom is conscious because every atom has electrons. And now what we're talking about is our consciousness that was inhabiting this avatar body is able to synchronize and link with any technology that literally exists because everything is conscious. A rock is conscious. Even the monitor or the screen you're looking at to communicate with me right now, even that's conscious because mm -hmm. every atom is conscious. So in the future, technologies will be built based on the understanding that everything is conscious and everything is receiving a signal from one source and everyone will be able to tap into these particular devices based on conscious thought. So how do we shift the you know programmed awareness that we've been dumbed down into this uh, access to this greater consciousness application? Well, we have to first take away the idea that I am me, I am Billy, and I am I am this guy, and I'm black, and I live in this place, and I. We have to take this this away. We have to remove that and realize that right now I'm talking to you guys, but I'm actually talking to myself. And when you're talking to me, you're talking to yourself because there's only one consciousness. And so when we begin to understand and see that everything is conscious, not only that, everyone that exists in the, in the entire universe is actually the same person experiencing itself subjectively from different perspectives, but also that even the clothing I have on is conscious. We will then begin to realize and understand that we treat everything with a certain level of respect and dignity and love and honor because everything that exists, man-made, which is not doesn't exist, man doesn't make anything, man just stacks atoms in a particular format. Everything is already made. Man-made things and you know, organic things, doesn't matter. Everything is conscious. And if we understand and take ourselves at the ego away, it's me, 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 and no, it's all. I'm part of the all. And when that happens, that's when we shift into a whole new paradigm. Right. Billy, the focus of our conference is ascension, and it sounds like this is one way for us to experience an ascension of consciousness is through this awareness of our unity as one. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. When these all these these um, these fake systems, these created systems fall away, you know, the racial systems, uh, you know, the, the monetary systems, uh, the financial class systems, when all these systems begin to evaporate and they will evaporate, nothing persists forever. Not in this dimension. No matter how far back you go, there's not even a kingdom that can persist forever. Even every kingdom will fall. And so because we live in a, a, a universe full of cycles. And so we have to understand that these these things will fall away. New ones will cr be created because of programs like the one that you guys are hosting right now. Conferences like what you're hosting, Suzanne. You know, it's all part of the, um, the process moving mankind back towards a golden age. And so because of that, you're going to see an evolution of systems. And as evolutions of systems change, people will begin to also change. More people loving one another, more people understanding that we're better off working together than fighting each other. That the whole thing of all this divide and conquer is the biggest and one of the most oldest tactics that actually exist on the planet. And when we come to really understand that we've been had and to stop this foolishness, man, things are going to really move. They're already moving pretty fast, but they're going to accelerate like you wouldn't believe. You know, I love I love how you you frame your work as forbidden knowledge. You know, like the truth about who we are, the truth about our abilities, the truth about what we're capable of, has really been withheld from humanity in in so many ways. So, you know, I was thinking about this conference on ascension and this ascension process. How how close do you think we are? I've heard like so certain speakers talking about the solar flare. It's going to happen any day. We're going to all wake up the next day and be telepathic and, and in alignment with that. Do you see it happening like that or do you see more of an evolution? How do you see it unfolding? I see more of a consciousness evolution. I think the paradigm shift has already begun. Because if I can go back to 1977 when I first saw the UFO, I couldn't talk to anybody about it. And this is back before cell phones and video games and cable TV and none of that existed yet. And I would have to, I talked to two friends about it in some bushes far away from the other friends. Right. 
Then much later, we began to exchange VHS tapes with conspiracies and information on them. Then it went to cassette tapes. Then it went to CDs. Then it went to DVDs. Then it went to web forums. <clears throat> then it went to websites. Now it's blogs. Now I'm on mainstream TV. So you see this constant evolution of the awakening of consciousness and the acceptance of this kind of topic and ascension wisdom. So it's happening at a very fast pace, even though from our perception as human beings, we perceive ourselves as living for only 100 years max, 120 years. And if we're lucky now with all the poison, 75 to 87 <laughs> years old. So it seems like, man, this is taking forever. It's actually moving at a very, very fast pace. I'm the type of person I really don't see something happening where we just go to sleep and wake up and it happens. I believe that the process is more, <clears throat> excuse me, more like um, a child learning how to walk. So we, if you imagine that the child, the baby, is actually humanity, and right now we are we are crawling. Okay, we've at least got up to start crawling. I believe that part. Soon we will begin to grab onto the edge of a table or a couch, and we'll pull ourselves up and we'll stand up, and things are going to look phenomenal. Like wow, it's happening. And then what happens to the baby? The baby falls down, plops right on his butt. So we will plop as a civilization. We will have a plop. And people will, some people will go, oh, you know, I knew it was too good to be true and blah, blah, blah. But we will grab on and we'll pull ourselves up again. Then we'll start taking a step and another step. And so just like a baby learns how to walk, it takes a couple of steps then it falls. But the baby doesn't get discouraged. It may cry, but it will grab on, pull up again and then try to take a few more steps. Eventually, we'll get a steady gait of walking. And what that means is, you know, a, a walking is a con is a literally a controlled fall. That's the definition of walking, a controlled fall. When we learn how to control our falls and keep ourselves upright, that's when you're going to see some significant process. So we're talking about a situation of people gaining higher wisdom, higher knowledge, and becoming ascended but on in different steps and stages until the masses get it. It could be 10 years, 20 years. It could be 50 years, 100 before we actually, you know, see some serious progress. But I think along the way, even in our existing lifespans right now, our lifetimes right now, we'll see significant improvement and we'll be able to look back on all the work and everything we've went through and everything we've seen and realize we have been ascending. We have been rising up. I don't think that it will happen in just a few weeks and everybody will wake up changed. I do think it's going to be a gradual evolution of consciousness overall. But at the same time, think of it in a geological time frame. It's literally less than a blink of an eye that this change is occurring to mankind. Do you think it's happening now because there's a vibrational increase? There's an ascension wave? What, why, what do you feel is happening now uh, to humanity? But for the first time in probably about maybe 60, 70,000 years, our solar system is at the equator of the galactic center of the Milky Way galaxy. Mm -hmm. And so this happens. So the Milky Way galaxy, even though it looks like a thin disk, it's extremely thick. Yeah. It's light years thick. And our solar system undulates on this up and down wave mode as it moves around the entire galaxy. And right now we've undulated into the position where we are right now dead center straight line from the galactic equator and in the galactic center is a supermassive black hole which is emitting a lot of energy a lot of cosmic rays are coming directly towards us at incredible speeds and mm -hmm. these rays are, are, are affecting our dna they're coming right through our bodies altering and changing our dna these energetic particles and i really do believe that this is part of the process part of the cycle of this happening if you look back in time in some of these ancient tablets, you discover around the same time as where we are right now, this enlightenment takes over again. So I think mm -hmm. that we're in a position and a perfect time that we're able to expedite our move back into a golden age. I think we're in a silver age already, the Tetra Yuga, on the good side of the, of the cycle and moving up towards that golden age. The key for me this time is how do we finally break the cycle of rise and fall? the yuga cycle how can we now can this be the civilization that now rises to a golden age and actually sustains it because yeah. nowhere have I ever seen written that you must fall there's nowhere written that says you have to go into the cycle it just says the cycles exist when will we really maybe the true triumph here is learning how to achieve a golden age and actually sustain it 
Wow. Great. That is, that is the key. That is absolutely the key. And I feel too, that so many things are converging that we can't, we're going to be able to reach that leap right now. And maybe the first time in civilization, maybe because so many people are waking up and maybe because of the internet and their tools, we've been able to connect and learn so much. Well, I think that's why Suzanne's doing this Ascension retreat, right, Suzanne? Because you're feeling this wave. Absolutely. And inspiring and empowering people to seek an ascension of consciousness through uh, research, practices, unity consciousness. And speaking of practices, Billy, I saw a Gaia TV episode. They were filming you at the Conscious Life Expo mm -hmm. talking about the Merkaba light vessel yeah. and how it's generated by light and it has to do with our light body. I'm very fascinated by that. Can you talk about that a bit? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty, that was a great one. That was one that I did a while ago and that's, <laughs> I'm glad you found it. It's pretty cool. I've got to go back and watch that one myself. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting that the Merkaba really dates back to long before, even before the dynastic era of Egypt. It goes even back to the Sumerians. Uh, and after the Great Flood, it was then handed down to the pre-dynastic era of Egypt, which is called the land of Kem. And the Dogons uh, took over that knowledge or learned that knowledge that was handed down to them from the former Sumerian kings that came off the Sumerian kings list as mankind was now given the ability to rule and have kingship over the earth. And initially it was a super mystery teaching only allowed to the elite of the elites to have this knowledge and this wisdom to understand how to create their own Merkaba or their own light vessel. And then from there it was then taught and handed down to many people. Uh, and so Mer, M-E-R, the first part of the word Mer, it means light. Okay. And then Ka refers to the spirit. And the ba refers to the body. So we're talking about a spirit light body uh, that you can create through meditation. And so what it really is, is a star tetrahedron. So if you can imagine a pyramid facing up and then a pyramid crossing over it facing down, creating a, uh, a five star, a, a five pointed star, it actually, and spinner counterclockwise to each other. And through the meditation that I teach, which I had a, a great one at the uh, Egyptian Mystery School that I did at Dame Dash Studios in, back in October, I think, of 2019. People came out of that meditation saying they came out of stars. They, some people were on, came out of the ocean. People were traveling. And you go into this meditation uh, and you envision this, this star tetrahedron, which is coming out of your own body. And then you actually, when your body is, when you're ready, consciously ready, you step into it and it takes you to places. So it's a real, real amazing uh, meditation. It's uh, it, it, according to some of the people in the ancient texts that had access to it, like Thoth, the uh, former ruler of the land of Kim for 14,000 years. He claims to be able to travel from planet to planet using this and also travel into different dimensions using the same exact technique. So I have this Merkaba light meditation. I actually have a song that I created called Merkaba, uh, mm -hmm. Merkaba meditation in 432 hertz. And it's on Apple and Spotify and everything else to give people the ability to work on generating their Merkaba light vessel and stepping into it and trying to ascend. Wow. I saw that you have an Egyptian mystery school series also on Forbidden Knowledge TV. And one of the episodes was the Merkaba meditation. Mm. Oh, great. You saw it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I want to dive in and watch all of them because there was many episodes. It looked like there was almost 20 episodes. That's actually 40. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Okay. 40, 30, I did a 36 hour, 36 hours of teaching and broken into mm -hmm. one hour episodes. So I'm kind of curious, you know, I know that um, the, the connection between Thoth and, and Egypt and Atlantis, mm -hmm. like what is that crossover there? Yeah, in a sense, it's pretty interesting. So, this guy that you're talking about, though, this he has been around for eons. I mean, absolute eons. Now, he originates from Atlantis, and the reason why we know this is because he's written several tablets that he authored himself. He didn't have a scribe write them. He actually was a writer. He claimed to be the writer himself. Uh, the Book of Thoth, the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, the Emerald Tablet of Hermes, all these different tablets he left behind. He claims to be a son 
of Atlantis, S-O-N, a son of Atlantis. Uh, and he, uh, which is interesting because Yeshua, you know, AKA Jesus claims to be a son of man. Pretty interesting. Uh, but, um, but he starts off at Atlantis. Now uh, in the Emerald Tablets, uh, there seems to be a great flood that occurs because he says, uh, well, his father tells him that the great flood waters are finally beginning to recede and he needs to go and, and uh, fulfill the plan that he had laid out. And the plan was to travel back to the land of the hairy barbarians in the land of Kem. This is what it actually says, K-H-E-M, in the tablets, 36,000 years ago, and rebuild civilization. So a couple things there. It tells us that Atlantis already had established a, uh, a civilization on Earth, and uh, it had been flooded out. Atlantis wasn't just a ring city. Because there's some also some, some more text in there that he alludes to the fact that they had established capitals all over the planet Earth. The Great Flood came and destroyed the Ring City and then most of the other capitals. He goes back to the land of Kim. Now, what he says is he gets into the great ship of the master and he rises into the morning sun until the planet beneath disappears. This guy didn't get into a boat that goes out on the ocean. He goes up into something that flies. Then he descends on the land of Kem. He sees the temple, the great temple coming out of the mud beneath him, and he sees the hairy barbarians. He lands his ship. People had gone back into almost cave mode style because of, I guess, a couple of generations have gone by be between the time that they learned how to become high tech and the time that they, they lost the knowledge. And they came to attack him, and he opens his door to his ship, and he, he picks up a, a staff, and he sends out a ray of vibration, which freezes them in their tracks. So he's got a stun gun of some sort. Then he released them and he began to tell them that he was a son of Atlantis and that he came here to re-kickstart or rebuild their civilization and teach them everything all over again. So the land of Kem, which then we know later became Egypt. So the original architect of Egypt is this guy, Thoth, the Atlantean. He's the original architect and he ruled over the people there for 14,000 years before leaving and going to Mesoamerica to kickstart the whole uh, Mayan civilization, the Teotihuacans, which is what they were really called. The Mayans came later. Even the Mayan tradition, if you go to Mexico, get a homegrown guide, they will tell you, they teach this even in school now at, at their university for teaching guides. The Mayans didn't build anything. It was already there. Matter of fact, the Mayans didn't even know who built it. They gave them the name Teotihuacans. And the story but from Thoth, it links the two. He left Egypt with some Olmecs went to uh, Mesoamerica, built the entire uh, civilization in, in uh, Teotihuacan, down into Chichen Itza in the, in the, in the uh, Yucatan Peninsula, um, which then spread across the entire Americas. Uh, you know, so this guy is responsible for not only the part of being part of the first Atlantean civilization that existed before the Great Flood, Antediluvian, but after the Great Flood, he also then was a key person involved in helping re-kickstart civilization. And in the tablets, he says to his crew members that went with him, now that we've done this, spread around the world and duplicate what we've done here. And so mm. that's why you can find the same types of pyramids and structures and temples and the same construction techniques all around the world. But what's the relationship between Thoth and Hermes? I'm curious about that. Same person. So oh, Hermes see. is known to the Greeks. I mean, uh, Greeks know Thoth as Hermes. Okay. He's also known as Odin, right? Okay. And matter of fact, if you go to the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C., they have those two big giant doors. On one side, they have Thoth with the ibis beak. On the other side, they have Odin. So they even know the connection between the two. He's got he's also known as Mercury. Uh, mm. You know, so he's the Roman. So he's got these different names. And according to him, he has incarnated a uh, 100 times 10. So 10,000 years of incarnations he's done by putting his body in rejuvenation chambers, and then he transfers his consciousness into a new body. Then he says he walks amongst men, but unlike a man. So that's the secret to his immortality, the fact that he has to, he uses these particularly cloned bodies, and then he transfers into them, in which now I talk about in my book, Compendium of the Emerald Tablets, we're doing now. DARPA has the Avatar Project. They transfer your consciousness from the military soldier into a field robot. Uh, and they also now have a 2045 project at Russia where they're, they've already sent a monkey's consciousness into a computer and it thinks it's still alive. The body is long gone and dead. The monkey's eating bananas, climbing trees, 
and by 2045, they plan to transfer a human consciousness into a cloned avatar. Same they thing. They have already done it. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> well. Wow. I want to say, um, someone on my chat, the my New Reality YouTube chat says, ask Billy about the activity that's occurring occurring on Ganymede and Jupiter. Oh, there's a lot of activity right now going on. Ganymede's an amazing um, uh, uh, mm. moon. And now what's interesting with Ganymede is if you look at some of the high-res images sent back by, I think it was Huygens that flew by, there's some high-res images that you can download online, official from official sites uh, like, the, like uh, the European Space Agency, for example. You can download images. There's a lot of what looks like structures there, okay? Do we know for sure? We're not there. But there's a lot of angles and objects that don't appear to be art, what we consider artificial on Earth. So it's pretty mm -hmm. interesting. And then uh, with Jupiter, there's a lot of activity going on there as well. So between the two, there's a lot of evidence that shows that there may be some interaction between um, uh, some type of advanced civilization that could still possibly exist in our own solar system. And the yes. same thing was found on the planet Ceres, C-E-R-E-S, which is the planet after Mars. A lot of people don't even know it exists. It's never, it's hardly ever talked about. But that planet has more fresh water on it than Earth. And wow. when we flew by it a few years ago, the lights were on. So there's a lot of activity going on in our solar system. And I really do believe that instead of looking 20 million light years away for life uh, so, to some exoplanet, I think we need to look right above our heads. Billy, do you think these sacred sites on planet Earth, all of these temple sites, will come back online ever? Uh, a lot of the technology to bring them back fully is broken. And that technology, the, the part, the biggest part of the technology that has broken them has been water. A lot of these ancient sites and temples are built were, were built on top of aquifers. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that moving water underneath those structures is now either drifted away, forced away by dams, or the area has become completely decimate due to ancient wars that happened. A lot of those areas, you can see vitrified rock, which means there was some type of a blast of 3,000 plus degrees. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the part that's missing. Now, there's still a lot, of, a lot of energy there. I just came back from Egypt a few days ago. I took 65 people on a private tour. I was their guide. And we went all throughout Egypt, Egypt to all these ancient sites and pyramids and sphinx and had private access to a lot of places. And a lot of people felt really emotional, crying, um, feeling energies and everything else, seeing things. Um, so the energies are still there. They're not as focused as they used to be, just simply because uh, a couple things. Earth's tectonic plate movement, we've shifted slightly, even though there's a huge magnetic field over every single one of those sites. The energy has mm -hmm. waved a little bit. And then, of course, a lot of them were built on top of aquifers, which have now dried up. And that affects the energy flow as well. Wow. It seems like they played an important role on planet Earth back in the day. They were placed on particular ley line intersections and what have you. Do you think that we will build energetic devices like pyramids to play that similar role on planet Earth? Yeah, as we move into a new ascended consciousness, we're going to move away from different types of technologies that we're using right now, from, for med at least medicine-wise. And we realize that a lot of it has to do with harmonic frequencies and energies and tapping into the natural energies that already exist from Earth's magnetic field and these ley lines. And we'll be able to tap into that in those energy fields. There's already been a lot of research into it. They found these points just up right outside the, uh, the, uh, the atmosphere called X points. And these X points that have been discovered are little tiny energetic portals that connect and open every single day, multiple times a day. Uh, and these portals sometimes even lead to the sun, to the moon, even to other places in the solar system. And so, well, once we understand them better, we'll be able to tap into those energetic portals and utilize them and harness them with structures that we build right here on Earth, probably close to or right on top of some of the existing ones to be able to access them for healing and many other great purposes, mental health and everything else. This is on the horizon soon. That's pretty soon. I think that's something you'll see pretty soon. A lot of that experimentation is already going on right now. So, Billy, it feels like you've come in with a mission, obviously, to kind of upgrade, give knowledge. So where's what's your next step? What 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 are you working? What are you most passionate about now? 
Right now, my biggest passion is Forbidden Knowledge TV, really mm -hmm. making that into a huge platform. We've grown just two years. We've gone from zero content to over 6,000 shows now on the platform. Uh, we have an award-winning documentary, Black Knight Satellite, Beyond the Signal, which uh, you know I produced, uh, along with Melissa Tittle, uh, Hathor Studios, which is a great, great documentary. 20 great um, uh, you know, researchers on that, in, that, in that documentary. And producing more shows like that, we have now 10 or 15 brand new in-house, highly produced, Netflix quality, Amazon Prime quality uh, shows that either are out or coming out. Uh, and now we're working on movies and everything else. So my biggest passion is really to develop and build that network into one, one of the largest conscious networks in the world. Uh, and right now we are in the process of going. Uh, we went we went for a Reg CF and raised uh, about three point six million. And now we're moving into a Reg A plus where we're going to raise another 20 million. That starts in about two weeks. And after that, we're uplisting first or second quarter of next year to NASDAQ. So we're going to take forbidden knowledge and make it mainstream knowledge. Wow. How do we become part of that? How do we get to, get to meet, join you in that? Yeah. Well, we are round two, Chloe. We had round one and round two. Round one shares were a dollar. Round two, the valuation went up to 30 million. So our shares went to $1.50. Uh, I think the shares are going to be opening up in round three around $2.25. Uh, but we'll make a huge announcement. I'll make sure you get the link as soon as it's available and you'll be able to take part in that. Be, uh, right. before we uh, uplist to NASDAQ. Wow. So we can all actually support you and Forbidden Knowledge TV and get all of this information out. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I really had no expectations, Billy. So you've blown me out of the water, so to speak. What, what are you going to be talking about at the Ascension Conference, considering you have so many topics here? Right. <laughs> well, right? it is about Ascension, right? We want to help people find ways to ascend. I really want people to learn how to tap into tap into their own internal power. Like when, when I, somebody says that, well, what does that really mean? Like tap into my own power. It sounds like a great statement. It makes sense. It'll give you goosebumps. But let's break it down scientifically and really analyze what does it really mean to tap into your power? And what is that power? What is the source of that power? How does it work? And when I tap into it, then what? How, so I want to get people to really understand who they are, how powerful they are, what energy is inside of them, how to access it, and then how to use it and how to spread that, that power to others. Beautiful. Wow. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Well, clearly, Billy, you are an exceptional human being dedicated to the awakening and ascension of humanity and truly a blessing to us all. Bless you for all that you're doing. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate it. It was been a yeah. great, great show. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining. And come back anytime you want. You have, you know, we'll be in touch. We'll see you in Sedona and maybe before that. So yeah. Uh, anything else coming up? Any other trips? Any other things happening for you? A lot of trips. Just did the big Egypt tour. Headed to uh, Peru in a few weeks to do it. Uh, uh, 10 day or 11, 11 days of recording. So I'm going to record Decoders of Truth Season 2 wow. uh, with Matthew LaCroix, uh, Rex Campbell, and, and uh, uh, Brian Forster will be there as well. And right. so it's going to be an Elizabeth Hookstra. So it's going to be an amazing on-site show we're going to film the whole series the whole season i'm sorry on site uh and then come back from there i go back to um i think i'm going to is it columbia i think it is actually or something i'm speaking somewhere oh no it is it's mexico i'm speaking in tulum uh chopra myself a few other real big thought leaders will be speaking there for about a week and then come back from there i do my own my own conference part of my forbidden knowledge world tour mm -hmm. uh and then i'll be heading out to see you guys in sedona right when are you uh, going to be in tulum we're going to yeah, be in tulum, be in tulum. We'll be there. Oh, what's yes. the date what day it's in my calendar i don't know oh. the exact dates somewhere in january right Okay. We're, we're in Tulum till mid-January, till about January 20th yeah. before we come back to the States. It's going to be Neil, Alan, and myself creating yeah. programs for Portal to Ascension. And that right. would be so empowering to, to kind of get together. Yeah, that's going to be great. We'll have a great time there. Um, yeah, just so much stuff going on. My, my, I think I'm booked out until 2024. 
Wow. We see it. We see it. We're very privileged to have you at the Sedona Ascension Retreat. Oh, thank you. I'm really excited that you're going to be there. Suzanne, the opportunity, this is this is fantastic. I'm just really kind of grateful to your dad, I think, for nurturing you at the age of one. I'm still thinking about that at one at one years old, because I have two kids. That didn't happen at one for sure. And I feel like you've known your destiny. You came in knowing your destiny. Yeah, well, so um, no, go ahead. It's been pretty clear, and I've been blessed to be able to have to have the uh, the courage to follow it because that's the hardest part. <laughs> right. The great thing about seeing you and everyone else there in person is a, a transmission of knowledge that also happens. So definitely yeah. come to the Sedona Ascension retreats, March seventeenth to yeah. the nineteenth. There'll be workshop. Is is uh, Billy doing a little workshop, Suzanne, or something? He's he isn't it. doing a workshop, but he's part of George Nori live show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. I've done, I've done a George Nori live show before, so it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine we will be there. Absolutely. I'm excited. I'm going to be there speaking. Alan is speaking. And, um, it's an exciting time. Don't forget, there's one big announcement we do have. June, I'm sorry, July 30th, July 30th, 2023, the Forbidden Conscious Awards. Oh, tell yeah. us about that. What is so that? The same level as the Oscars, except no slapping. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what is it? Where does it happen? It's what happening it? in Miami, Florida at the Adrian Arch Center. The venue is actually more glamorous than the Kodak Theater. Uh, it's a red carpet event, black tie, red carpet, 11 categories, one lifetime achievement award. There'll be three, nom three nominees per category in all different aspects of our community. Everything from YouTuber, podcaster to producer, actor, uh, influencer, just a general, could be an Instagram influencer. Um, you know, all different aspects of the everything in the community for all the recognition that nobody ever gets. The awards are incredible, super massive crystal pyramids. Uh, it's just what's, the be date? what's the date again? What's July, the date? July 30th, tw uh, mm -hmm. July 30th, 2023. And how do we find, is there a web connection, website connection to that? Yeah, we're getting it all. We just finally paid for the venue. So we're going to have, uh, thinking about maybe a few more days. We'll, we'll make sure you get the links direct, but we're going to, we're going to get all the uh, the links and all the information. There'll be a, a web page for it and all the good stuff. And we're going to have everyone in the community become voters. So wow. it'll be text message or web ballot vote uh, for the nominees. And then we're going to make, when we get the top nominees, we'll make a special page with their links to all their social media so people can research these people and what they've done. And then from there, uh, we'll have them help us pick the winners as well. And then, um, you know, we'll fly everyone in. We'll put them in a nice hotel, pick them up with limos, the whole works, and uh, bring them to the event. There'll be a v there's VIP, there's box seats, there's everything. It's going to be high level, as as it should be. We deserve to be well, uh, the best and live in abundance and have the best and showcase the best. That is great, and, Billy. And, what a great and consciousness. Consciousness is so important. It, you're you're putting it first in front of materialism, in front of Hollywood, in front and of Beverly you, Hills. Yeah. What are you calling that day again? That awards is what? The Forbidden, with the number four, the Forbidden Conscious Awards. Right. Yeah, you're going to start to see it everywhere because it's going to be promoted like crazy online and everywhere else. Yeah, and everybody so wants to come to Miami in February anyway. <laughs> and, we, and we can nominate people. Yeah. You can nominate right. people. Yeah. That's so good for our movement. It puts our movement more mainstream front page. And then other people say, well, who are these people? So yeah. this is what a great idea. Isn't that, Suzanne, amazing, Joan? Uh, yeah, yes. That is amazing. Everything you're doing is beyond amazing, Billy. That's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you know you got to go. We, we I think we just have to make it to where people understand that you know, what we're doing is important. And if we treat it like it's important and showcase it as, as important and, and, and reward the people that are doing the hard work, eventually this becomes a new thing that's cool and the other stuff becomes the horrible garbage that nobody wants to be a part of. Like, I don't want, why do I want to watch this, this show? Mm -hmm. I need to watch, I need to watch. What are these people doing? How are they influencing? How are they helping the world? I want to be a part of that. And so that's how we have to capture more minds. We have to take it to the mainstream level to get their attention and capture them so we can get them into the flow, the energy flow of the vortex that we're, we're going into. 
That is Hallelujah. Yeah. No, we know you have to go. We really appreciate taking the time and going through. And I and I really like listening to you. I really like where the bigger picture where you're coming from. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, girls. Thank you. Have a great date night. All right. Thanks, Billy. Your wife and you are quite a team. Quite a team. See you in Tulum, maybe. And yeah, I'll see you in Tulum. And we'll see you, see you all in Sedona. Yes. We'll see you in Sedona. You and your yes, dog, Sedona. And Joan, I'll see you tomorrow somewhere. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> okay. Bye. All right, good night, guys. Bye. Thanks so Thanks. much. Thanks, Thanks so much. Billy. Okay, that was well, fantastic. That was a really good, clear interview there. I'm really impressed, you know. But, Suzanne, talk about who's coming up tomorrow. We're interviewing somebody tomorrow as well, right? Yes, yeah, Michael Jaco, who just put out a book called The Intuitive Warrior. It's actually a second edition that Brad Olson published. And he talks about his past lives as different heroic beings who also found themselves on the battlefield and about like the transmigration of souls. Mm -hmm. And so very fascinating. He's also you know, very much into helping others unleash their intuitive potential, right? So yeah. I really look forward to interviewing him. Okay, same. What time I are we doing that? What time, John, are we doing that? What time is Michael Jaco is? Um, uh, what time is Michael tomorrow? <laughs> it is this same, same station, same YouTube channel. So Michael Jaco is is pretty intense, impressive person so um yes we hope you join us i'm looking to see the time too this is your host who needs to be told the time 10 a.m tomorrow morning 10 a.m pacific time 1 p.m eastern you can join us and we'll be on and off over the next two months with some amazing speakers right we have other people coming on too so you are live with um Joan Allen, Out of This World, with our co-host, Suzanne Ross. And we were listening to Billy Carson. We love all of you. Um, by the way, we want to thank our sponsor, Neil Gar, Portal to Ascension. We want to remind everyone we have an in-person event coming up in April 2023 called the Ascension Conference in San Diego. But so we'll next week... Next, Next week with Portal to Ascension, November 2nd to the 7th. What is that, Joan? Oh, my God. It's a good thing you mentioned it, guys. I actually want to mention it. Thank you, Alan. We have coming up the Ultimate Star Beings Conference. It starts next Thursday. There's 55 speakers on UFOs and all aspects of star beings and being a star being. Thank you so much right. for putting right. this up for us. I think you'll all find some of your favorite speakers on this. And we start on Thursday, God, eight or nine or 10 hours a day, guys, until Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, like five, six or seven o'clock. So it's a deep dive. There's 24-7 access, meaning that don't worry about missing it. You will be able to catch it anytime. And Alan and I are co-hosts. So you'll get to That's see right. Alan and I. Michelle is a co-host. Suzanne will be there. Neil, Flo, mm -hmm. Garuna, Jenna Layden, Tangila, who's always been a guest on this program lots of times. And um, Suzanne Ross, of course. Thank you. I look That's forward right. to it. Yes. So there's a lot of gratitude for our star connections and to all of our tribe out there who also have their own star connections. And, you know, this is just great that we have access to coming together like this. So actually, Suzanne, I want to thank you so much for even letting us host and, and bring these speakers on because they're powerhouses. Yeah. Oh, thank you for hosting it, Joan. Thank you for all you do to make this happen on StreamYard. You're high tech. And Alan, thank you so much. I know you're busy, so we really appreciate you taking the time to do this, too. But you know, Suzanne, I just want to say the interviews like this is really going to show how amazing your conference is going to be. That's, that's why it's so good to do these things, because it's a 
a little taste of what to come, you know? Thank you for that. Yes, yeah. I'm very excited about the lineup that we have for this event. It's going to be a powerful event, a shifting, transformational event. Everyone will have an ascension in consciousness. And it will be live streamed. We want everyone to know that no matter where you are around the world, it will be live streamed <laughs> by Portal to Ascension. Yeah, so Neil's yeah. going to say that. And we're all speaking, so you have a chance this week to see us next week on Ultimate Star Beings. And definitely, you know, I plan to attend this conference. I think Billy is a one-in-a-lifetime experience to, and every speaker actually coming is a one-in-lifetime experience to get well, to know them. I'm so excited yeah. about Paul Selig, Matt Kahn, William Henry, JJ and Desiree Hurtock. I mean, these are the these are the superstars of our league, you know, these people. These are the Michael Jordans of our league. So, <laughs> so I will I will tell you this one thing about Matt Kahn is that he said something in one of his talks about how he never expected to be that one who talks about angels. Okay. And here I was, I had just become Joan of Angels, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, he understands that coming out is who you are, or even forbidden knowledge or new realities, coming out is who you are, has some angst in the rest of the world, and that's why I like Billy bringing this so mainstream. Yes, I just did an interview with Matt Kahn, and you can tell that Matt Kahn has transcended. I, I mean, love that. Yes, blissed out. <laughs> well, hopefully, guys, you'll get to hear him on Out of This World with Alan and Joan as well. And yes. so, guys, we want to say thank you to all of you. You know, if you're on Alan's channel, mine, or Suzanne's, or Neil's, please like, subscribe, and share it out. This is wonderful information. And definitely go and check out the conference, Sedona Ascension Retreats, and check us all out while you're there. Right. And we'll see right. you all tomorrow. Thank yes. you. Well. All right, guys. We love you. Thanks, Thanks John. Lots of love. All right. Lots of love, everyone. Bye. Bye.